Melissa Isaacson is uh, just a flat-out great writer. And, and by the way, a very decent human being, too. Always like Melissa. Yeah, she's great. Uh, award-winning sports writer, author, public speaker, 30-plus years doing what she does and uh, covered everything in sports over that time, mostly for the Chicago Tribune, also ESPN. First uh, female beat writer assigned to cover the Bulls and the Bears. She covered the Michael Jordan Bulls over their six NBA titles. Now she's a big-shot professor at Northwestern. Ever run into her on campus? I've not seen her on campus, but I know Melissa very well. Do you think she's going to write a full-length profile piece about the Dave Ennett broadcaster? I don't think so. I think she's got better things to write about. I don't know about that. Uh, The brand-new work is a brand-new book, and uh, Melissa joins us now. Good morning. How are you? Wow. Thank you. Uh, Good. And, Dave, you're not looking very carefully because I'm strolling constantly with a bottle of water in my hand, and you should... Stop me! You should you should look more carefully. I will. I will. I will. But, but I'm with you on the water, though, because I I I'm not that thirsty. I don't understand it. I, I really were we all dehydrated growing up? I don't understand that. My, anyway, my, I like that. You know, my thing about the bottled water is if my father was still alive, bottled water. <laughs> yeah. bottled, bottled, the thing about the bottled water, it, it would kill him. He would just go. How much you spend on that? How much you spend on that? Idiot, he'd die right there. But you could buy like twenty-seven Tribunes, you know. Right? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, State is the book. It's about the Niles West basketball team. By the way, we just got a text from somebody. Says, "Love Melissa's book." I was an eighth-grade basketball player at Gemini Junior High in Niles when they won. Love that team. So that's always nice to hear. Very nice. And uh, but it's much more than a basketball book. So talk about why you wrote it. Yeah, you know, it started with the Chicago Tribune column uh, 15 years ago, um, just on the 25th anniversary of the state championship. Just kind of talking about things that I discovered that I never knew about how our coach at the time, Arlene Mulder, had secretly sort of huddled in the corner of teachers' lounges and scrawling notes with the boys coach at the time, Billy Schneer, who taught her how to teach us, and uh, how our principal, Nick Manis, was running down state every weekend fighting with the people to, uh, with the IHSA to, to get us varsity sports, to get girls to even be allowed to play uh, interscholastic basketball. They thought it was too dangerous and we were taking up valuable gym time. So it was kind of these cool things that I had found out, and uh, and it became sort of the skeleton of the book. It just took a long time for various reasons to get published. Um, I'm thankful to Agate Publishing in Evanston for for finding the story, uh, you know, as interesting as I did. But it became it started as a basketball book largely, and it really became, like you said, much more than that and more about what was going on around us. When you see the WNBA today or yeah. other or, – or the uh, Chicago Red Stars soccer team is playing for a championship this weekend out in North Carolina. I mean, they've they've gotten a lot of attention this year after the Women's World Cup. Do you you kind of harken back to this and think, well, wow, look how things have changed since 1979? For sure. I mean, I think that in some ways, yes. I mean, you know, things have been great, but if you know, on the flip side, in 1979, we had the Chicago Hustle, we had the Women's Basketball Association, and we thought, are you kidding? Like, we'll have professional sports in every single sport for women. You know, I'll be the general manager of the Bulls, and, you know, my friends will be coaches in the NBA, and, and you know, we'll we'll do whatever the heck we want, and we'll be paid equally, and that was never 
not that we sat around talking about equal pay, but certainly if somebody would have said in 40 years, you know, there'll be hundreds of thousands of people filling soccer stadiums cheering for women, we'd be like, of course, you know, are you kidding? Yeah. And then, well, yeah, but they'll be chanting for equal pay. I think we would have been a tad disappointed at that. So, you know, you could look at it both ways. Yeah. I'm thrilled and that the WNBA is, is in their 20s now. Um, at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm disappointed that we're still fighting the same fights. Um, actually, you kind of, uh, that was the question I was going to ask you, just the fact that we have come such a long way, but at the same time, that is happening right now, and a lot of uh, the news stories are being inundated with uh, stories like with the U.S. women's soccer team. But then also I saw an interesting uh, story about... Uh, you know, Major League Baseball and how there's a lot of women that want to play baseball versus softball. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of your thoughts on that that type of situation. And on top of that, also women coaching in men's leagues as well. Yeah, I wrote a story on that years ago about some really talented women's baseball players. And, and certainly, um, you know, you should have the opportunity to to do what you want. There are women out there who don't like softball, who feel, you know, like, uh, they're, look, they're not going to get college scholarships playing baseball, and, and they're going to have maybe a tougher time going on. But there are leagues for, for women's baseball, and, um, yeah, you know, you should kind of be allowed to do what you want. I, I played softball growing up 12-inch and fast pitch, and I loved it. And so, yeah, I'm not going to bash softball but what was the other thing with men's leagues is it coaching did you say well, just or? that women uh coaching men's in major right. men's leagues right no i think that's terrific i mean the disturbing thing is there's still a really small percentage of women um coaching women um you know as soon as and this was happening in the 70s as soon as it started becoming sort of attractive if you will um for for to coach a women's team and a girls team that as the salaries started rising a bit and women athletes became you know better and it was clear how dedicated we were all of a sudden it became a really good job for men and so they started taking those jobs and and they still have a majority of those jobs so that's sort of disturbing in a way and you wonder if there are enough women out there looking for them um i think there are and, and qualified women and particularly in high school it's a really small percentage of women coaching girls teams right now in basketball anyway so what do you think is the most important next step in terms of gaining more equality for women in sports mm. it's a big well, question I mean, the women yeah, that's that's pretty. I mean, you know, women's soccer is doing what they have to do. They're they're you know taking it to court. I mean, we we have to um, continue to fight, continue to try to keep people interested in these stories. There's a lot competing for the news these days, you know, um, and and it's unfortunately that kind of tends to slide down a little bit. But as long as women, like the women's soccer team, continue to represent themselves the way they have, and unfortunately winning, you know, is a big deal. I mean, if they weren't world champs and, and Olympic champs, um, it would be a little harder to get our attention. Melissa, I'd also say you got to demand it. When you know you're right, you right. have to demand it. Men would certainly demand it. You, Absolutely. If, if you're right, you can't say, oh, it's okay. 
Because when you say, yeah. oh, it's okay, the argument ends. you got to stand up for what's right, and that's why these women who have stood up for the women's soccer team are going to be remembered for doing something pretty historic. What were you going to add to? No, absolutely. And, yeah, you have to be willing to, you know, to have people not like it that you're standing right. up and you're fighting. Because it is really easy to say, yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, we were being kicked out of locker rooms. I mean, that was, you know, a while ago. But... First, we were being kicked out of locker rooms. Then we were just being mistreated in locker rooms. And those of us, and, and I won't even put myself in that category because I think I did spend a lot of years sort of saying, just don't notice me. Just just let me slide in and do what I have to do. Um, and But there were women who were willing to stand up and, and make that fight. And they weren't very popular. And more than that, they were really, really ostracized and and. and you know, abused with, with terrible hate mail. And I got a share of that, but, um, you know, you, you have to, there's always in every kind of generation, there are the people who stand up and fight and yeah, it, history will show that they're great and brave, but at the time it's really, really difficult and they're usually not treated very well. It's been 40 years since yeah. you, your team won state, uh, at Niles West. Uh, so as you wrote the book, as you talked to your, former teammates it was it a transformational moment in all of their lives as it apparently was for you that was the coolest part about the reporting was finding out how life-changing it was because in those days you know you guys will remember you didn't talk about what was going on in other people's houses my mom would always say you never know what's going on behind closed sure. doors you know the so-and-so is getting divorced you know they'd whisper it to you mm-hmm. um because you weren't supposed to know the neighbors are getting divorced and so much more than divorces were happening i would find out and so that became sort of the mantra of the book that basketball saved us in essence and you know there was there was alcoholism and there was mental health issues and there were deaths in the family that we didn't even know about in some cases my best friends were having horrible things going on i was dealing with my parents sort of very early stages of alzheimer's and you just didn't talk about it and so what basketball did aside from getting us out of the house was was give us this unbelievable sense of confidence and self-esteem and and just access to all these lessons that boys had gotten since they were five and playing t-ball that we just never had before that so the whole world opened up to us in this four-year period in high school and it was unbelievable going from not being allowed to practice or play in the boys gym we called it it was the main gym to four years later playing before standing room only crowds and 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 you know having the town rally around us and beating jackie joiner's team in east st louis so it was an incredibly transformative time right past title nine and and that was the most unbelievable experience for me as a writer to discover all these things feels like a movie Oh, well, thanks. I I mean, that'd be cool. And my teammates were so generous in sharing their stories, you know. And following up on what Steve said, initially it was a Hollywood producer that first read your column 15 years ago. And is there any interest in the book now? There is um, a little bit, yes. Um, I have an actual agent, um, and they're looking at, you know, very, you know how these things go. They're very, very, it takes a long time, and they're just now preparing to pitch people. They're thinking about TV, possibly. Um, sure. But it is, it is, I mean, it makes me feel like, I have to go, I don't know, like I'm nervous even saying that, because it would be really, really cool, um, but I know it's a long shot. But people who do read the book do 
kind of conjure up oh, just, that, does, you know, it does feel like it. It. Yeah. yeah, it totally because, feels and like And I swear I never thought of that and because if you do, it's horrendous. But, um, it, it, yeah, except that, you know, if they fictionalize us, like I would be, you know, I don't know what they would make of me. But I probably wouldn't make the cut, actually. Actually, <laughs> they've already contacted me to play the grumpy principal who wouldn't let you no. use the gym. My husband has dibs on that. Oh, he does. What a tough break for him. You'll have to audition. That's funny you picked the grumpy principal because he <laughs> loves that role. It's a meaty role, though. It's it's a good, important, meaty role. So you, I don't know. He it's, doesn't have much acting experience, so. Oh, I do. I'm I'm quite the thespian. Uh, State, the story of the Niles West High School girls uh, basketball team, as you said, went on to defeat eventual Olympian Jackie Joyner Kersey's East St. Louis team and really changed their lives. And a bunch of girls who might have been called tomboys behind their back or to their face have uh, memories of a lifetime. And that's why we talk so much, too, about the school strike yeah, and how exactly. these kids yep. who are getting their memories robbed by uh, parents not getting along. But anyway, I want everybody to go out and get this book. Get two copies. You're careless. You lose the first one. Yes. It's <laughs> Melissa, Melissa Isaacson at State. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks, guys. Thanks.